0: Good afternoon, everyone. It's great to see you. I I share Phil's comments, actually. There's a real sense of God's presence here today, isn't there? And thank you, Bob. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for those who contributed. It's just really good, isn't it, when God shows up (laughs) and you sense like you're in his presence. And actually, I feel a bit of a sense of responsibility in that, uh, just to share in a way that kind of honors what what God's doing today, so I'm going to try my best to do that. I just want to set this up a little bit as to why we're doing what we're doing today, and maybe it starts with Tuesday. So on Tuesday, I had a coffee with Malcolm Reed, and uh, really appreciate Malcolm. Barbara, really good to see you as well. I know you you've been a bit unwell, haven't you? So, but um, I had a coffee with Malcolm Reed, and and um, one of the things Malcolm was saying to me was, "We've got to see the power of God again, haven't we? We want to see God move." in miraculous signs and wonders we want to see that happen again don't we and we found ourselves sitting at starbucks in town just praying lord would you pour out your spirit would you do something would you bring back something maybe of something we've lost potentially but something of the power of god at work and really interesting john you bringing out that power of god we're going to look at that a bit today And then uh, on Wednesday, originally, Alad Griffiths from the Synergy Sphere was going to share today because he was going to come to the Leaders' Day that Phil talked about at the beginning, but he's got COVID, so he couldn't make it yesterday, and of course, he couldn't make it today either. So on Wednesday, we were kind of thinking, what are we going to do? Because our speaker today isn't here. I've done like four and a bit hours driving today already down to Kent and back preaching at, at Romney Marsh, as Phil said this morning. And so we thought, well, what, what should we do? And so one option was to just for me to repeat the message I shared this morning in Kent here today. Because we'd given Alad a free brief anyway, so we weren't sure what he was going to speak on. And just something of that conversation I'd had with Malcolm on Tuesday around kind of seeing the miraculous again. And I'd been asked to speak at Romney Marsh this morning on a certain passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which talks about spiritual gifts, <laughs> That Phil was referring to today. And um, so we decided on Wednesday, Thursday that I'd just share the same message that I was sharing this morning at Romney Marsh. Let me just say that a few of the stories I've already told here, but I'd planned this talk for Romney Marsh. So just bear that in mind in case you think, hang on, I've heard this before, Andy. You're repeating yourself, then I apologize in advance. But I just wonder if God might have set this up a little bit. (laughs) That we're sharing on 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today and we've had a tongue and we've been talking about interpretation and we're talking about the power of God and Bob was talking about the very next chapter 1 Corinthians 13 about love so yes some of it I've already shared but hey we're gonna we're gonna go with this and it feels like God's with us doesn't it and it feels like this might be the right message for today so um so go with it and uh, let's see where God takes us today if you would so Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he writes two in our Bibles, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But this first letter to the Corinthians is fascinating. They're both fascinating. But it's written to a church in Corinth where clearly all is not well. There's issues like division in the church. There's questions over whose teaching people is following. There's even lawsuits happening among the believers. There's sexual immorality going on and other things that are all addressed In Paul's letter to the Corinthians. But in the midst of that, Paul calls for unity. He calls for love, as Bob was saying, and he calls for Christ likeness in the midst of all that's going on. He wants the church in Corinth to be a church that reflects Jesus. And there's much to be excited as we read through 1 Corinthians. And I really think that when we look at 1 Corinthians 12, which I'm about to read in a moment, I think it's really important that we see that, that part of the letter in the context of the whole letter. And so I just want to refer to different parts of 1 Corinthians briefly as we go through because I think it's important to do that and it might help us as we're looking at 1 Corinthians 12. But I've been asked in Romney Marsh this morning to specifically look at miraculous powers as one of those gifts of the Spirit. So that's what I'm going to focus in on. But I'm going to comment a few things about the, the, this section in 1 Corinthians 12 about spiritual gifts, verses 1 to 11. So let's just read it, shall we, as a start. And think about all that's happened already this afternoon as we read this. So it says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed, You know that when we were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Isn't that a good passage for today in the context of of our gathering so far? Just before I speak about miraculous powers, because I do think that's something that God's just throughout the week just been laying on my heart. I just want to pick out just very quickly three things from that passage as a whole. Number one, Paul is addressing brothers and sisters as he starts in verse one. He wants... Us to know, I think, that he's addressing everyone. That this is not just for some kind of super Christians who might receive one of these spiritual gifts that he's talking about. I think he's trying somehow to address everyone. Brothers and sisters, male and female, young and old, rich and poor, black and white. This is for us all. These gifts are given to anyone and everyone that the Spirit determines in the church. But we're all equally open For the Spirit to give us a gift. Number two in verse seven. It talks about it being for the common good. And I think that's really important. Any gift that the Holy Spirit gives to anyone in the church. Is for all of us to benefit from. This is not somehow about about advancing someone's ministry. Or elevating someone higher than someone else in the church. It's for the common good. It's so the whole church is blessed. By any gift that the Spirit gives to someone. And number three, God chooses who to give these gifts to. It's God's decision. Remember in that last verse there, verse 11, as the Spirit determines, it's God's decision. You know, sometimes we might be tempted to say, why did God give that gift to that person? I know this guy or this girl over here, they'd be so much better with that gift. What did God do that for? But of course, that's not our place to make those kind of calls. Repeatedly throughout this passage, it's the one spirit, everything coming back to God, and God is the giver of these gifts. And it's he who determines who to give each gift to. Let's not question it, but let's go with it. God chooses the unlikely quite often in Scripture. And let's be open to what he might do with the gifts that he wants to distribute. Amen? So, miraculous powers... What a great thing to talk about in the midst of this passage and something I do believe that God is speaking to us about, not least from my conversation with Malcolm the other day and uh, how he's set up today as well. So just three points I want to bring out when we think about miraculous powers. The first one, number one, the foundation is Jesus Christ. Number two, God's power is God's responsibility. And number three, it's always A step of faith. So number one then, the foundation is Jesus Christ. As I said, I want to look at just a couple of bits from the book of 1 Corinthians to try and bring a bit of context to it as I see it. And uh, throughout this book of 1 Corinthians, it seems to me that Paul is always pointing back to Jesus Christ as being the foundation of everything. Everything. In 1 Corinthians 3, I shared a little bit of this when we had the evening a few weeks ago talking about women in leadership. But I'd read 1 Corinthians 3, the whole chapter, as we opened up that time together. But Paul in this chapter is talking and challenging the church about not following human leaders. The focus shouldn't be human leaders. He very clearly says the foundation is Jesus Christ. He's challenging the church not to follow even himself, Paul, or Apollos, or Crispus, or anyone else. He talks about it in chapter 1 as well. Don't make the focus human leaders. Make the focus Jesus Christ. He's the foundation of everything. So I think that's where we need to start when we think about this letter of 1 Corinthians, and therefore what we think about the spiritual gifts, because it contained within that letter. Jesus Christ is the foundation. It is all about Jesus When Paul starts this letter to the church in Corinth, in chapter 1 and chapter 2, there's a strong focus on the cross of Christ. In chapter 15, the penultimate chapter, there's a strong focus on the resurrection. Almost as if Paul's trying to say, you've got to read everything in this letter in the context of the cross and the resurrection. Everything else in between that has got to be seen in that light. Because it's all about Jesus. The foundation is Jesus Christ. In chapter one and verse eighteen he says this for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the what, John? The power power of God. Amen. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. A little bit later in chapter one, from verse twenty six, he says this brothers and sisters, again That you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Because it is all about Jesus. So it's important to remember when we consider spiritual gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit. That the foundation is Christ himself. That we shouldn't boast in anything other than Jesus. It's not about our wisdom. It's not about our credentials. It's about the gifts that God wants to give. And it is all about his power. So let's keep Jesus the foundation of everything we do. Let's chase after Jesus as the foundation. Let's not chase after miraculous powers or any kind of spiritual gift. If they follow, great. We want to see them. Please, Lord, we want to see them. But we've got to start with Jesus Christ as the foundation. That's where we begin. And it's from there that we can seek and ask for these spiritual gifts that we've read about. So point number two, God's power is God's responsibility. Someone may have heard a friend of mine called Richard who came and shared a number of years ago now. I think it was a Friday night worship event here. And uh, so if you know where I'm going with this, apologies. But the guys in Kent haven't heard it. (laughs) But... He is an English guy who went over to the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry over in California a number of years ago. He's a real evangelistic guy and he wanted to step out in these signs and wonders. He wanted to see God's power at work. And so he went out there and he he went through this course with other other people on the course and met some great people, other people full of God and wanting to see God move in powerful ways. And he went through the training. He went through all the impartation and it was great. And they were itching to go and they went on mission to South America. I think it was Brazil. Thought I might get a little... uh, a little whoop from a few people there, but I didn't. Yeah, they all out. Philip's up at the back there. I think you might have gone to Brazil, Philip. Yeah. Yay, cool. And uh, so they went, and they were just buzzing this opportunity to meet people, to start sharing and start praying for people and see all that they'd learned in action and see God touch lives. And so he started to meet people, and he started to pray for people. And as he prayed for people, nothing happened. And he was like, oh, okay. And he prayed again and again over a number of days for different people, and nothing was happening. And he's starting to get a bit despondent, a bit like, Lord, well, I've done this course. I've, got, I've done all this. And, you know, I'm all fired up and I'm all equipped to be praying for people and see you at work, yet nothing's happening. And one night after a few days, He was in in bed sleeping. I don't know if whether God woke him up or whether God spoke to him in a dream. I can't remember. But God spoke to him and he spoke a phrase to him in a different language that he didn't understand. But he knew it was God speaking to him. He guessed it might be Portuguese because they were in Brazil and that's the language they speak there. So he was going to go with that. But he didn't know what this phrase meant. But he thought, I'll tell you what, in the morning I'm going to find one of our host people and I'm going to ask them, is this Portuguese? And if it is, what does it mean? So the next day he spoke to someone and said, God woke me up and gave me this phrase. And he said the phrase. He said, Is it Portuguese? And the guy said, Yeah, it is Portuguese. Well, brilliant. What does it mean then? And the guy said, It means this My power, my responsibility. My power, my responsibility. And Richard knew it was God because he'd spoken to him in a language he didn't understand. He had to get a translation of what it meant. And I think in that moment, Richard just understood something of, hang on a minute, we're talking about God's power. We're not talking about the course I've been on. We're not talking about the impartations necessarily I've had. All of those good, great things, but we're talking about God's power. And God is infinitely more wise than me. And he owns all of this power, and it's up to him to use it as he sees fit. And Richard testifies that after that moment, after he just let go and said, Lord, do what you want to do. If you want to heal, great. If you don't want to heal, then that's fine. I'm going to trust you in that. From that moment on, as he prayed for people, he'd just see healing after healing. Because he'd let go of something and just understood that it was God and his power that was at work. So if we want to see something of these gifts, particularly the gifts of healing, miraculous powers, things like that, let's remember that we're talking about God's power and he can use it as he wishes. Amen? Amen. Are we satisfied with God's decision? That's something to think about, isn't it? Are we satisfied with God's decision? Because it's tough, isn't it, sometimes when we pray for things and don't see it. Maybe we need to come to a place where we say your power, your responsibility. And actually, sometimes when we come to a place of weakness and dependency on God, then that's a pretty good place to be in. Paul talks about that in his, I think it's his second letter to Corinthians, maybe around chapter 10, he talks about weakness. And he talks about dependency on God, about his power being made perfect in weakness. Let's hand it over to God and say, your power. Your responsibility. And then number three, it's always a step of faith. I told this story on one of our um, online services uh, maybe about nine months ago or something like that. But it was almost a year ago actually that I came out of hospital. It was the 18th of March last year. I spent a week in hospital, as many of you know. And I'd had a collapse at home, and I was taken in and, and spent some time on the cardiac unit. The first few days, I'd, I'd gone into A and E, and then I was onto another unit where they just kind of assessed people, and that, that was pretty hard actually on that unit because it was just so noisy. It was twenty four seven, just manic, noisy. Joyce, nodding, you know some of this from working at the hospital, but it was just super busy. I wasn't sleeping. Loads of really needy people there. And then when they moved me on the Sunday evening down to CCU, which is the heart unit, it was just a bit of a breath of fresh air. There was only four beds in the bay that I was in. And, um, and it was just quiet. It was just relaxed. It was just night and day from what I'd been at before. And so in I went. And one bed was empty. So there was two other guys there. One guy called George and one guy called Barry. George was in his mid-20s. Barry was probably in his 60s, something like that. And um, so that evening, I met two people that I just clicked with straight away. And I was just so grateful for it. It was almost like a gift from God that I was in this unit now. And it was just so much better. And uh, at the end of that night, we'd got on so well. And I'd talked a little bit about my faith already. i talked a little bit about uh, what I do. And so I just said, I didn't really think about it to be honest. But I just said, should we just pray tonight? Should we just pray as we go to sleep? Can I lead us in a prayer? And these two guys, George and Barry, are like, yeah, that'd be great actually. So I just prayed, and and it was just a sense of peace in that place, which was really beautiful. And then we slept well. And then the next day, once we'd all woken up, we were all had different procedures, tests happening that day. And so I said to the guys, should I just pray for today? Should I just commit God the the day to God and just pray that he'd be with us and all the tests that's happening. And these guys are like, yeah, it'd be great. So we did that again. And uh, so happened that every night and every morning that the three of us were there together in that bay, we, we prayed. And it was just a sense of peace. And they began asking for it after a while, which was great. So, so that was brilliant. And God was with us. And that was just just a really beautiful thing. But this guy, George was, like I say, he was in his mid-twenties and just so young to be in a cardiac unit like that. But he was really struggling with a fast heart rate at times and they couldn't work out what was going on. And one particular day, after I'd been there for a few days, George was a really kind of bubbly, fun guy and we'd, we'd been having a laugh and that was good and we, I think at one stage we were told to calm down a little bit because our monitors were alarming a little bit as our heart, heart rate went up. But um, he was really struggling one day and he wasn't himself at all. And um, I remember partway through the day, his, his system alarmed uh, to show that his heart rate was really high. And I looked up at it, and, and it was something like 160, 170 beats a minute as he just laid on his, on his bed, which is just really, really high. And you could just tell he was in a lot of discomfort. You could tell that he wasn't right. And he, and he said to me, Andy, can you get a nurse? I'm not feeling well at all. And so I went out to the, to the edge of the bay and I looked up the, the corridor. I just called out for some help. And once I knew that someone had clocked that we needed a bit of help, I went straight back in and I went to the end of George's bed and I said, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. And so I just put my hand on his ankle and I prayed for him and just asked that God would meet him and that God would bring this heart rate down and deal with the problem. And then the nurses came in and so I stepped back and they helped him and gave him something in order to bring that down. But the problem was that they tried a number of different drugs to try and bring his heart rate under control and they hadn't worked, any of them. And the doctors later on that day came and said, look, we've got one more we can try and then we're going to have to start thinking about some other stuff. Because he'd already been in for a week and it was and they, they needed to get it sorted. And so... I just said, we need, George, we need to pray that this would work. This last medication would work. And I said, Would it be all right if if, if I prayed that? If we prayed that? And so I got Barry in as well, and he came over, and um, we stood at the end of his bed, and we just prayed, "Lord, would this last medication work?" In Jesus' name, Amen. Just like a really simple prayer. And then the doctors came in a little bit later. They tried this medication and said, you're going to need to stay in tonight and see how it works out. But the next morning, George woke up a different person. He woke up, and he was his bubbly, friendly self again. His heart rate had come right under control, and late that day, he went home. That last medication was the medication that worked. Now, I don't know how much of that was down to prayer. I know that prayer works, so I'm going to believe that it was, at least a bit. But isn't God good? And... I I tell that story just because I just think it's so important that we understand that sometimes we've just got to step out in faith a little bit. Sometimes we've just got to say, I'm going to go for this. And it seems a bit silly in a bay when I'm in hospital offering to pray for people. But there's a sense of, Lord, I want to see this. And I want to see this happen. And I want to see you touch people's lives. And in that place... I really believe he touched George's life I and mean, I've had the opportunity to meet up with George a few times since then and we've had coffees together and stuff and it's just been great just to chat and debrief a little bit of the time we've had and he's definitely got some sort of faith and I'd love to see that grow I don't know where that'll go haven't been in touch with him for a little while but let's be encouraged to step out in faith if we want to see the miraculous if we want to see healing we've got to step out in faith Amen. Amen? Just before I finish, I just want to, this is, this is going to be very handy, okay, so you've got to forgive me for this if, it's, uh, um, if I ram the point home a bit too much. Um, but I just want to finish by looking at just a couple of scriptures where we see the miraculous hand in hand with the proclamation of the gospel. Because I think we see it in scripture. And I think in that, as we think about the miraculous powers and as we think about stepping out in faith let's be encouraged that God I believe wants to move as his word is proclaimed so I'm going to go to Mark chapter 16 these are the last words of Mark's gospel it's a bit of a mirror of the great commission passage that we see at the end of Matthew's gospel but this is how Mark records it Mark 16 15 to 20 he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. He confirmed his word. He told them to go and preach the gospel and he confirmed the gospel. He confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. I think there's something about signs and wonders and the gospel proclamation that go hand in hand. And let's come right back to 1 Corinthians, and we're rooted in there this afternoon. 1 Corinthians 2, 2-5 to says this, Paul writing, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching... We're not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. What encouragement from Paul to say, let's not try and get a fine-sounding argument together to somehow convince people of the cross of Christ. Let's go out and see the power of God at work. Let's see God move as we preach. Let's see God move as we share. Let's see these signs and wonders go hand in hand with our preaching of the gospel. Because that, when people see the power of God at work, they're going to say, "Wow, God is real. Let's not try and talk our way through. Let's lean into God. Understanding it. it's his power, his responsibility, but that he wants to work through, accompany his word with signs and wonders. Amen. So can I just, can I just lead us on a little bit in a response, Phil? Is that right? Have we got? Is that okay? Thank you. Just a few things I want to do. First of all, just really simply, even with what I've just said about accompanying the the gospel proclaimed, I just think that actually there is a sense of God's presence here and. Many of you maybe will have seen God move in meetings like this with signs and wonders. And I just would love to give God an opportunity to do that if he wants to today. Let's take the pressure off. Let's understand it's his power, his responsibility. But I just really want to simply say, if there's anyone here today and you need God to touch your body, if there's something that you need breakthrough in healing wise, then can we pray for you? If that's you, what I'd love to do is just, if that's you, could you raise your hand? And then if we could just kind of look around, if anyone raises their hand, um, then maybe we could just, a few of us can get around them. Let's just be as COVID secure as we can. But does anyone want prayer? Thank you. So there's, up on the balcony, there's a couple. So I'm just looking to people up there to maybe uh, jump to your feet and uh, lay a hand on someone's shoulder with their hand up if they're happy for you to do that. If you'd prefer someone not to lay their hand on your shoulder, then please do say there's no awkwardness about that at all. We understand that it might be COVID, it might be other reasons that you, you feel that, but that's fine. And there's some people down here, so just hands up again. So there's one at the front, one at the back. So one or two people just to lay hands, that'd be great. And I'm just gonna pray. But let's all pray. And let's believe that God wants to move, shall we? Whilst taking all the pressure off at the same time. (laughs) So Lord Jesus, we just want to bring these people before you who have just said, actually, yes, Lord, I need you to move in my body. I want you to move in my body. There's something that's not right, that's out of line, that's diseased, that's whatever it is. And Lord, we just want to pray Quite simply, following your model where you just prayed and declared very simply, Lord, we want to say, be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, would you release your power in this room, in this building tonight? Would you release your power, we pray? Would you be present to heal? Lord, we we take any pressure off. We understand it's your power. It's your responsibility, Lord. But we do call on you and ask, Lord, would you move in healing today, we pray? Lord, would you touch each person that's just raised their hand and said, yes, I need a touch of God in my body. Lord, Lord, would you move, we pray, in Jesus' name. Lord, Lord. would the power of God be on display here in this place today, we pray. Would something of it follow us as we go as well. But Lord, Lord. just move in this place in healing, Lord. We pray for anyone who needs it. Move in power, we pray, Lord Jesus. Be present to heal. Be healed In Jesus' name. And let me just pray for us as a church, if that's okay. Lord, we want to ask that you would release gifts of healing, that you would release all of your gifts that you give by your spirit. But Lord, we want to pray that, God, you would release miraculous powers, you'd release gifts of healing, signs and wonders among us, we pray. Lord Jesus, we want to ask Lord that we would in meetings like this in Home groups in our workplaces, in our schools and colleges, in our neighborhoods, in our families' homes, in the people we meet on the street, Lord, wherever it is, God, in the shops we walk into. Lord, we want to pray, Lord God, that you would move through us with signs and wonders. Lord, Lord, that you would help us to keep you as the foundation, that you would help us to understand it's your power, your responsibility, but you would help us step out in faith. Give us the boldness we need, I pray. Lord God, as a church, that we would be those who are willing to step out. We would be those who know that we carry the Holy Spirit within us. We would be those who would be ready to step out and share your word and know that you want to accompany it with signs and wonders. And so, Lord, we pray for more. Yes. We pray for more, God. Yes. Would this yes. be something, we know that this has happened in the past, in this church. And Lord, it does happen still today. But Lord, we understand that there's, there's, a, there's new levels we could get to in this. And we want to, Lord God. Yes. We want to see you at work more and more. Yes. So Lord, please would you fill us afresh. Yes. Please would you give us a new boldness as we go. To share you and to see you, you work in signs and wonders to confirm your word. Would you fill us afresh, we pray, Lord Jesus. Lord, you've done it before. Would you do it again, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.